1: Lincoln
2: Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Hmm. This is an inside baseball media thing, but... uh Jonah Goldberg... One of the political analysts at Fox who resigned a couple of weeks ago because of Tucker Carlson's January 6th documentary, they said we just can't be associated with this channel mm-hmm. if Tucker Carlson's going to do that sort of thing. Uh, two people did that. It was Jonah Goldberg and Steve Hayes, both of whom I really, really like. I'm a paid member of their organization, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I, I really like him. But he went to NBC, and Jonah Goldberg's now going to be a political analyst on CNN. Oh what! So you can't be on Fox. Wait, they, wait they, a minute, they say, Jonah. They say crap that's not true, but you can be on CNN.
2: Two years running of the Russia collusion hoax. Yeah,
0: I don't quite understand that. Wow. Unless wow. unless they're convinced that look, I'm going to get into a channel like this and present, you know, my side's point of view because you don't have anybody else doing that. Maybe. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's and odd, though. See
0: what he's willing to say. I know yeah. how most of these, I know how most of my, uh, uh, like, right leaning pundits, they end up on these shows and they end up way over on the other side pretty quickly, whether it's Joe Scarborough or Nicole Wallace or there's all kinds of examples. But I'll well, see how it turns out. Yeah, that is surprising. But it seems like it's playing into the whole Fox's biased, But CNN and MSNBC, those are real news networks
2: that's what it seems like to me well right yeah which is laughable i you know i don't know if this is cynical or just practical there's part of me that wonders whether they thought all right we've more or less saturated uh, our brand over here on fox news maxed out our subscribers to the dispatch mm. let's uh let's go uh you know toss our line in other waters i wonder probably not a bad business move so, I don't know if you've been following the uh, the big trucker's protest uh, in Ottawa, beautiful Ottawa, Canada. It's the capital, you know. Should have taught you that in school, because I know, Jack, you agree. It's incredibly important to know the capital of everything. <laughs> capital cities, yeah. national capital.
0: Unless you can convince me that, that the point is to exercise the memory part of your brain, I can't come up with any reason why a school kid needs to
2: know the capitals of the states. And yet, you have them... Completely committed to memory, right? Pretty close. New Hampshire. I don't know. That's a tough one. Concord, Your little northeastern states. Yeah, yeah. those are the tough ones. Concord. There's so many of them. That sounds nice. It <laughs> <laughs> could be. Vermont's Montpelier, right? Correct. Yeah. You why know, do, why do we have we got to merge some of those tiny little northeastern yeah, states. Exactly. It's ridiculous. Oh,
0: you could take like six of those states and make a small-ish state out of them. Right. Yeah. 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 But they have yeah. completely different politics, which is interesting. Even as tiny as they are, um, New Hampshire and Vermont are way different from each other in terms of their politics.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. And they're cheek but jowl, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Anyway, where were we? Ah, yes. Canada. Beautiful Ottawa, Canada. The capital of the... Uh, is anybody going to look that question?
0: up, by the way? This would be another example of asking a question. Somebody look that up? Anybody? Got are Google?
2: you too busy on your freaking Instagram <laughs> feed? <laughs> what are we paying you lazy? Ba- oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I it's guess. Concord. New it's Hampshire's Concord. Conquered. I was Your right.
0: God. Yes. Thank there you, Alex. You
2: yeah. Concord, not Concord either, except in North Carolina where it is Concord. And if you say Concord, they'll accuse you of being a uh, not a Nazi <laughs> or a Yankee. Same thing. <laughs> the South will rise again. Uh, let's see. So a beautiful Ottawa. Let's stick to Ottawa for a moment. Um, they're having a big, giant trucker's protest over a lot of the just idiotic, unscientific, needless uh, COVID protocols up there. And what's really interesting is the way it's being portrayed in a lot of circles to me. Let's get the overview first really quickly, and then uh, a little more discussion. I'm sorry. I navigated away from my uh, my clip sheet. Uh, what do we want here? What's the clip? Do we have a clip? Here we Where's go. What's the clip? The protesters in the thousands. People
0: power on the streets. Their demand? A relaxation of COVID restrictions. On the hot seat, the chief of the Ottawa police.
3: This is a threat to our democracy. There's a nationwide insurrection. This is madness. The
0: protesters counter Prime Minister Trudeau is the real threat to democracy, who they view as someone driven solely by a globalist agenda. The protesters vow they won't leave until all mandates and restrictions are gone. One of the key things there is he dropped the "I" word, went with insurrection. That wasn't, uh, you know, uh, an accidental term. Right he wants to portray it
2: as the same sort of thing that happened in the United States at the Capitol. Yeah, I think it's such a beautiful example of the people saying, "Hey, this is government overreach, and we're not putting up with it." And a representative of the government saying, "You're in, uh, you're out of compliance." But is, is, anybody, an
0: is anybody smashing any windows or beating any cops? Is there anything like that that would lead you to call it an insurrection? Or is it just, you know, kind of your typical actual peaceful protesting?
2: Yeah, it's civil disobedience. I mean, they're screwing Ottawa up, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, play us clip 81, Michael, and then we'll discuss. This is uh, CTV. It's uh, Canadian TV's Rachel Aiello in Ottawa. This has become, and they've called it, a freedom convoy. So their main focus is no longer just the trucker vaccine mandate. It's about a feeling that the Canadian government has taken away folks' freedoms in the pandemic, and they want that to end. Amen to that, my brothers, my Canucker brothers and sisters. Um, by the way, I've become a big fan of the, uh, Can- Canada set, uh, what's it called? Uh, Kill Kenny, Kenny Penny. What's it's on, uh, it's one of your streaming services. It's a very brainy, incredibly fast-moving uh, Canadian comedy. I don't know uh, this. Uh, yeah, what the heck's the name of it? K- K- Kilkenny? or so- I can't remember. I'll figure it out, and I'll let you know. But anyway, okay. it's it's very dry. Oh, my, is it dry. It's like a box of saltines dry. <laughs> anyway, um, so I, I'm going to read this to you because I want you to notice the characterization, uh, letter Kenny. That's it, letter Kenny. Um, I want you to notice the characterization of the, uh, the protesters in a lot of the Canadian mainstream media. This is actually written by a gent who lives, as he makes it clear, right there. And he went down. Because he's, he's watching TV, he's listening to the radio reports on this, and he's looking out his window and thinking, hmm. And he actually went down to meet a bunch of people. He spent hours and hours doing this. And here's what he wrote. I live in downtown Ottawa, right in the middle of the trucker convoy protest. They are literally camped out below my bedroom window. My new neighbors moved in on Friday, and they seemed determined to stay. I've read a lot about what my new neighbors are supposedly like, mostly from reporters and columnists who write from distant vantage points somewhere in the media heartland of Canada. What does that sound familiar? Yeah. Apparently, the people who inhabit the patch of asphalt next to my bedroom are white supremacists, racists, hate mongers, pseudo Trumpian grifters, and even QAnon style nutters. I have a perfect view down Kent Street, the absolute ground zero of the convoy. In the morning, I see some protesters emerge from their trucks to stretch their legs, but mostly through the day, they remain in their cabs honking their horns. At night, I see small groups huddled in quiet conversation in their newfound companionship. There's no honking at night. What I haven't noticed, not even once, are reporters from any of these Canada's news agencies among those walking among the trucks to find out who these people are. So last night, I decided to do just that. I introduced myself to my new neighbors. And he describes uh, at length his conversations with these people and how they are to a person earnestly and honestly concerned about the government overreach and their liberty. And they range widely politically. They range from the old to the young, the somewhat radical to the very, very mainstream, the eloquent to the uh, hardworking blue-collar types whose expression of their ideas might be a bit simpler, but he said he spent hours and hours and hours. He could not find anything like what the mainstream Canadian press was describing from, uh, I'm sure, Toronto and Montreal. What was their original issue that really drove it? It's the regulations against truckers. Truckers have to be vaccinated to be alone in their cabs driving their (laughs) trucks. and and oh another point he makes he couldn't find anybody who was anti-vax quote unquote they were all anti-mandate right and so to a person they said you do what you think is right it's not the vaccine we're mad about it's the utterly indefensible denying truckers the ability to make their living to make them get the jab how did they turn it into white supremacy because that is, that is, I mean, we've seen that ourselves. Remember the Tea Party movement? That was racist because Obama had to be from Kenya. That We went to so many rallies. We spoke at so many rallies. We went to meetings. Never heard a, just an iota of that. It was, it was like claiming that it was some flat earth conspiracy or we were uh, uh, Martians. It was utterly fictional. Likewise, the, the coverage of this in the Canadian press, because the, the press there, like in the United States, is almost exclusively college-educated, upper-class, you know, striving, <coughs> woke-type. Excuse me. It's clearly the COVID.
0: Joe's got Omicron.
2: On, or maybe Paris! even the newest variant. I'd like to be ahead of the curve, so that, that would be better. If you Do you have any of the new one I've heard about? Anyway, all my just, friends have Omicron. It seems so tired. I thought it was interesting that even in Canada, they went with all the same old uh, yep. media cliches to the point of being like some weird Trump cultists.
0: Well, remember that clip we had last week where you had somebody, possibly a Chinese or a Russian stooge, but somebody with a sign about the white supremacy, and then you had that Indian guy from India uh, saying, no, 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 I'm not a white supremacist. I'm not white.
2: Right, and there's nothing here that has anything to do with white supremacy. He was a plant, almost surely a plant and a stooge. Um, Planted stooge. I have
0: important breaking Olympic news to tell you about.
2: Uh Uh-oh, is it a spoiler? It might be. Mm. It might be. Mm. If you're
0: super into the Olympics, you might not want to hear it, but if you're like me where you're just kind of grazing, actually hearing results might make it more likely for me to turn in. tune in. Yeah.
2: All right. Fair warning, everybody. He's going to give a spoiler in three, two. Oh, it'll just be like 10 seconds, you think, Jack?
0: I'm going to do it after the break. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't know what you should do.
2: Come back. (laughs) Right. Stick with us. And then tune out after the commercial. And as usual, take notes of all of our sponsors and their phone numbers and websites and patronize them. Deion Sanders
0: says the Pro Bowl's not competitive enough. We'll go spoiler, deep, spoiler, we'll go deep on that conversation on the Pro Bowl, among other things. Stay
1: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Olympics have started (laughs) in China.
2: Oh, when we all come together to celebrate the human spirit under quarantine in a police state. China can be a little tone deaf with the optics, you know. uh, (laughs) Did you see the ceremony? Oh, it was beautiful. But, you know, to symbolize peace, they they released hundreds of bats. Uh, That's
1: not the... It was beautiful come on the pageantry did you see the flowers children so many
2: children somewhere in an iphone assembly line they were going where is everybody that's good man.
0: celebrating the human spirit in a police state that's a good line love it that's a great line yeah is make it that uh, stark, it almost one makes you wonder why we're there. Nikki Haley, former ambassador to the UN, probably going to run for president as a Republican. She tweeted over the weekend about how awful it is we're participating and wondering why anybody ever says never again. Absolutely. You cannot say never again with a straight face, never again referring to the Holocaust and how the world has all decided that we'll never allow something like that to ever happen again on the face of the earth, except for this genocide going on right now, and uh, most of the countries of Europe are not boycotting the Olympics.
2: Right, and every other genocide that's happened in the last 50 years, there have been quite a few of them. You know, it's funny, it never occurred to me, but that whole never again thing is a great example of presentism. We're so much better and more enlightened than those weak, yeah. weak, immoral people of the 30s. Right. We won't permit it. Yeah, can except you, that we do. Well,
0: how many times have I thought since I was a little kid learning about the Holocaust for the first time? Just I can remember the first time I learned about it. Uh, it was in church, actually. It was a Sunday school. The first time I learned about the Holocaust and just, like, just being amazed that that happened. And how did the world allow that to happen? And then then, then learning over the years, you know, how awful it was that FDR knew about it but didn't do anything, and the United States knew about it and didn't do anything. Friggin' it happens all the time, and nobody does anything about it.
2: Right. Right. And that's not being cynical. That's just being a realist. It's, it's sad and it's sickening, but it's true.
0: Back to the Olympics. I didn't mean this to be like a super downer sort of thing. Uh, the Beijing Winter Olympics opening ceremony, audience down 43% from the 2018 Games. This reviewer claims it's because the Summer Olympics were so recent. People don't have the built-up, pent-up demand for the Olympics. No, I think it's because most people feel dirty if they watch the Olympics. I think that's what's going on.
2: Well, everybody knows the opening ceremony is all about uh, kind of uh, pimping the, the home country. Their, their dances and their music and their history and their famous movie director who you know does XYZ and the rest of it. Everybody knows that. And and nobody wants to watch the the oppressive, the most oppressive, brutal dictatorship on earth aggrandize itself. I watched some figure skating with the boys last
0: night. They were anti- I'll watch anything but figure skating. But we started watching it, got into it. United States, rooting for them, rooting for the Russians to fall down. My kids were enjoying it. Yeah. Um, How many
2: Lutz's is enough?
0: Hmm. Here's your uh, spoiler. So tune out for like 20 seconds. I'm not going to use a name or tell. uh, But I'm just going to read this because I think it's interesting. Fifteen-year-old figure skater just changed the sport forever at the Winter Olympics. So somebody landed a something that nobody's ever done before.
2: Wow! Which kind
0: of gets my attention.
2: Wow! That's not a spoiler. That's that's like a great promo.
0: Okay, thank you. Yeah. uh, You know, I'm all about promoting figure skating.
2: Yeah, folks, welcome back. Jack didn't even spoil anything. I want to get tuned out for nothing.
0: I want to get some of those male figure skater outfits, kind of the, the the like, I don't know what they're made out of. They're, like, really stretchy.
2: Lycra, a lot of lycra, spandex, a lot of I'll, bangles, sparkles, Like the sort of, of
0: Neil Diamond used to wear back in the day when he was singing in concert. I want to wear the ice skating outfit with the sparkles on it. It looks very comfortable. It's stretchy.
2: You're going to have to have them custom made. I don't think they come in your size generally, but, uh, you
0: know, I could be wrong. I have to shave my chest because usually they're, like, way low cut.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good look. And nobody will mock you. (laughs) I I make that promise on behalf of the staff. So, uh, Charles, who we admire around here, wrote a great editorial about cancel culture and how to deal with it that I liked. We have all sorts of good stuff. Oh, we probably ought to talk about that Chinese tennis player gal speaking Hmm. to China in the Olympics. If you can't stay tuned, grab the podcast later, wherever you get podcasts. Or armstrongandgetty.com.
1: Armstrong and Getty. Visiting musicgives.org.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: An organization called Rumble has just offered Joe Rogan a hundred million dollars to ditch Spotify. To join Rumble with no censorship. Hmm.
2: Rumble, I thought Rumble was like the conservative Twitter.
0: But Rumble has $100 million? Why don't I have $100 million? Everybody's got $100 million to throw around these days. Anyway, here's another thing. You'll like this, Joe. Former PGA Tour pro Mark Lye, who I don't know. Doesn't matter. How do you spell his name?
2: L-Y-E. Yeah, he must have been a journeyman or something.
0: Was fired from his golf radio host gig this weekend. After- after he said watching the WNBA made him want to shoot himself. Oh. <laughs> he, had, he had fired for that? Canceled. Oh, you can't say that? Wow. I'm guessing he's like the local hero in some smallish market. He was on the tour from there, and now he has yeah. radio. But he, <laughs> Watching the WNBA makes me want to shoot myself, and he had to quit. Wow. Oh, God. That sucks. Oh, geez, it does suck. And then this. So I mentioned. Everybody's
2: so damn touchy. Stay tuned. More on that topic.
0: So this probably is a spoiler. It's definitely a spoiler for the Olympics tonight. So tune out for like a minute or two. I mentioned this. I saw this. Fifteen-year-old figure skater just changed the sport forever at the Winter Olympics. So I'm assuming somebody did a quadru- or did that thing where you cut off somebody's head from that Will Ferrell
2: skating movie. No, um, she, as I understand it, she uh, had the the skates on her hands instead of her feet. <laughs> <laughs> she skated the whole program upside down.
0: But executive producer Mike Hansen took the time to do the obvious and like right. Google it and watch the video. So what does this girl do, and how impressive is it? Uh, skates backwards, uh, jumps up does a bunch of turns and it's you really, can't fool really That's impressive. That's what always happens. Alright, what did she do?
1: I just described it to you, Joe. Were you not listening? Well, well what? what?
0: I, does, it, does it got a special name or something? I don't know. Quad. They call it a quad. Oh, she pulled off a quad. Yeah. Well, okay, Yes, so nobody said the first person to do the triple was uh, Tanya Harding, right? In competition. I think she was the first triple. That's one of the reasons people were so excited
2: about her. What, a triple shot of Goldschlager? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> wow. No. So somebody pulled off a quad. Well, that'll change the Is sport forever. Is that supposed forever. to be
1: amazing or something? I don't know. Well, yeah, it's lost on me. I watched no, it. I no, thought, no. okay, she jumped up in the air. And she twisted really well, fast. Then she landed. I was like, oh, no, yeah, that's nobody's cool. ever
0: done that before. Oh. So I remember when it went from two and a half to three. It's just like if that's now something that somebody can do, you're never going to beat them until you can do it. So yeah, yeah, you're you're, you're fired as our Olympic course yeah, money. You're
2: canceled. Yeah, you're canceled. Yeah, good. You're canceled. You're you're
0: part of a young, modern. Nothing is cool anymore. Crowd, this is not cool.
2: Um, so now, now you know why he usually isn't on the air. Cut off his
0: mic. Now, if you want to be great, you're gonna have to do the quad. I can't do the quad. <laughs> I can't even do
2: the single.
0: No, Ta- I would fall on my single ass. Tanya Harding's triple was her and two other dudes from the trailer park. Oh boy! Oh, oh! See, that's that, that's it. That's across the line. I won't have that. I'm like that golf announcer
2: that that was it's slanderous it was scurrilous it was regrettable all right michael rewind the show till before that that will not air yeah it shouldn't <laughs> oh, boy speaking of uh, beloved female athletes that tennis gal Peng Shui. i am uh, off. Go. Go. Uh, so i i i i i i i um, so, uh, this Peng Shui, is that how you pronounce her name? Uh, tennis star, women's tennis star from China disappeared. Remember alleged an affair, blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, they, they sent a reporter to talk to her, a, a French reporter. Um, and, uh, what, what's, uh, what's the n- number of that clip? I keep losing my, my, my place. Yeah, go ahead.
0: When we began to, to speak about, uh,
2: um, uh, the affair, uh, Personally, I saw uh, on her eyes that she will be very,
0: um, um, I I don't know the good word, um, attentive, attentive.
2: Yeah, long story short, uh, she was extremely guarded, said that the allegations were an enormous misunderstanding and everything is fine with me. Just did another hostage video, I guess.
0: Yeah, nobody other than the China Unscripted podcast has reported what's actually going on there. She was in a consensual affair with one of the top guys in the Communist Party who's a rival of she's, and she discredited him by bringing this affair forward. Um, that was the whole point of this. It didn't have anything to do with her, really. It was about making sure she has no challenges in the Communist
2: Party. Right, it was like uh, it reminds me of the uh, the uh, Jeff Zucker uh, yeah. resigning from CNN thing. It wasn't about sex; it was about the lawsuit by G- Chris Cuomo against AT and T. Right. So yes, yeah, it's, it's all behind the scenes maneuvering. So, uh, <clears throat> what do we do? I'm not sure. What if she mind.
0: spun around nine times, Hanson? Would that be interesting to you? or is there just S- nothing this poor girl could do that would get your attention?
2: Leapt up in the air and spun like a Makita power drill. He did he did, oh, it there was nothing. I'm not impressed. She <laughs> leaped clear out of the stadium and flew yes. across the sky. And she'd shot lasers out of her eyes and burned a hole in the ice and <laughs> fell through. I yeah. went, Wow. There you go. That's awesome. What was
0: the move from the... If you've never seen Will Ferrell and Napoleon Dynamite's ice skating, (laughs) what did they call
2: the move where he cut the guy's head off? That's such a funny movie. I remember as a little kid watching the Olympics, I was so troubled because they did the death spiral. Oh
1: yeah, That's what they
2: used to call it. And I said to my mom and dad, oh my God. Well, no, I didn't say, oh, my God, as a little kid, but I said, do people actually die doing that? God, I can't I, believe they do it. I don't know how you can do that. you got to be young, I
0: guess. I would just be vomit all over the ice. <laughs> oh, all of it. Yeah, all
2: that spinning. Are you kidding? Oh, I That's just the laying there and moaned when I was done. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> The Zamboni would have to come out. They'd be scraping the He's vomit really off. He's really
0: vomiting. Nose. That's going to take points off.
2: <laughs> oh, vomiting is two-tenths, a two-tenths deduction. So why don't we save a little time to do this uh, Charles Cook piece, The Power of No. Uh, We'll see what else we can uh, jam in in the final moments of the program. His
0: eyes have rolled back in his head. He's still writhing and vomiting. This is not going
2: to be good for the judges. Oh, there's a stain on his pants, too. That's another two-tenth
1: deduction. He appears to have wet himself. Oh, man. Armstrong and Getty. by visiting musicgives.org.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Joe Biden is about to make a giant geopolitical strategic blunder, according to Jonah Goldberg of The Dispatch, lays out what we're about to, to allow... Iran to get away with, and it's just amazing. And I and I hope the media uh, covers it. But we'll have that tomorrow on the show.
2: Speaking of the media, it came up last week. Didn't get to get to it. <clears throat> the fact that uh, Roseanne Barr had her career ended for her unfortunate Valerie Jarrett joke when she didn't even realize that Ms. Jarrett was of at least some black heritage. I ancestry. thought that was white. Right. Right. Uh, Her career ended, but Whoopi Goldberg and her idiotic comments, she gets a two week suspension. I personally don't think uh, either one of them should have had much happen to them. Once they said, Oh my God, I didn't mean it like that, or Oh, now I see your point. Sorry about that. That's fine with me. This this need for vengeance is crazy. Charles Cook. Charles C.W. Cook, which is at least one too many initials. (laughs) I love this piece. It's short, it's powerful. The power of no. The simplest of words is the key to defeating cancel culture. If America's institutions wish to improve the country's culture, harmony, and mood, they would do well to practice using that most useful and elementary of old English words, NO. That's no is in, no, I don't care that you're offended. Go away. Or, no, I won't punish others for your intolerance. Or, no, you can't stay here and make stupid demands. I'm busy, and you should be too. Even if
0: you have to say no, I think if you just didn't respond to tweets or phone calls for
2: a couple days, it would go away. You know, that's an excellent point. He goes on to say, no can, of course, be used alongside other useful phrases such as, I don't care, stop being ridiculous, and if you can't tolerate others, then please feel free to leave. It can even be used repetitively as in, no, 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 no. But however it is decorated, it must always remain in the mix. A key to using no is to make sure you stick with it to the end. I want you to fire James for his tweet, no, but I'm upset No, but I'm offended and hurt and shocked. No, but I'm struggling. No, but words are violence and my safety has been imperiled and I'm literally shaking in my room. No, it is customary for commentators to describe the practitioners of America's cancel culture as hypersensitive snowflakes who, having been stuck in perpetual adolescence, are unable to cope with the rigors of adult life. Increasingly, though, this seems naive. These people aren't snowflakes. They're vicious, self-interested power brokers who have discovered that by reciting a handful of carefully chosen words, they can exile their opponents for good. Used often enough and widely enough, no helps to smash this expectation. Responding to the pressure campaign against Ilya Shapiro, William Trainer, the impotent dean of Georgetown Law School, said... Went right
0: for his his crank. (laughs)
2: No, I think he means uh in terms of the uh committing uh, commission of his duties. Oh, okay. Not his actual penis. <clears throat> uh the impotent dean of Georgetown Law School said, I have heard the pain and outrage of so many and confirmed that he was quote grateful to the many members of the community who have reached out to me and other leaders at the school to share their thoughts. What trainer should have said instead was no Happily, the word is available to everyone, and it's free. It's available at the Disney Corporation, where it should have been used to defend Gina Carano. It's available at the New York Times, where it should have been used to defend Donald McNeil. It's available at Teen Vogue, where it should have been used to defend Alexi McCammond. It's available across corporate America, which seems not to have yet realized that its problems stem almost exclusively from its habitual inability to make a stand in the face of increasingly preposterous demands. You
0: know, when, they, when companies give in to the activists on these, do you think they're not going to be asking for more?
2: Exactly. I love that sentence, and I want to make sure you caught it corporate america which seems not yet to have realized that its problems stem almost exclusively from its habitual inability to make a stand in the face of increasingly preposterous demands and here's the best part the more often it is used the less often it ends up being needed bit by bit and use by use the word diminishes the requests it's used to propel Of course might one might think of its utilization as a lockdown strategy 50 no's to stop the spread (laughs) I love that. No, no, no. And this is some great insight. The dirty little secret about mobs is that they are as fickle as they are rambunctious. Counterintuitive as it may seem. The very worst thing that one can do when faced by a madding crowd is to imply that one intends to give an inch. If one must respond at all, it should be with a firm No followed by an affirmation of principled neutrality that leaves no room whatsoever for debate. No, we are not firing, James. No, this is not a consultation. Yes, academic freedom is the backbone of this school. Good night. Better yet, if one should seek to invert the cultural presumption by making clear that if anyone will be removed from a given institution, it will be those who have set out to destroy other people's lives. In a healthy culture, it would be the architects of intolerance who ended up as pariahs, not their targets. No, a sensible dean of Georgetown Law might have said to the horde in front of him. And as for you, you sniveling creeps. And he goes on to make finish his point, but I think that's the uh, that's the beef of it. There,
0: we've wondered this for many, many years: what these various companies that cave? What do they think is going to happen? To them, if they stand firm, nothing's going to happen. You'll be fine.
2: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, the uh, the poo storm will seem to heat up for a very limited amount of time, and then everybody will lose interest because there's no actual, um, you know, indignance behind the heat. It's like it's this pretended skin deep indignance that's just a hobby. But if you don't feed them these feral cats of fake outrage, they'll go away. That dean of Georgetown, he's either a cultist himself or he's a, just a coward. Everybody is waiting for the first person who will stand up to the bully and say, as Charles Cook puts it, no. No, no, no.
0: Well, it might be Spotify and what their CEO said around Joe Rogan. Now, you applied cynicism to that, and then it might be. Wait a minute, that's not how I recall the conversation at all. Well, I'll apply cynicism to it. I'm happy to. I think he might just be standing up because they got such a financial investment. I'm not sure that he is some brave uh, defender of free speech. I think it's just they've got $100 million invested and they feel like they've got to. Yeah, I, think okay, if they fair didn't, enough. I think if they didn't have so much money inv- involved in Joe Rogan, he'd have been gone
2: by Friday night. It, it's entirely possible you're right. Um, I don't and- know anybody else who survived the N-word controversy. But by God, during these times, somebody who says the right thing for the wrong reason, hell, I'll take their help. Um, And he said, I want to make one point very clear. I do not believe that silencing Joe is the answer. We should have clear lines around content, take action where they're crossed, but canceling voices is a slippery slope. If Daniel Eck, the CEO of Spotify, actually believes that, well, he certainly has my uh, support although he also wrote in a memo giving an inch to the mob not only are some of joe rogan's comments incredibly hurtful i want to make clear they do not represent the values of the company at the time he was saying that he was discussing the n word academically why is it appropriate in some re- uh, some uses but a death penalty in others he was asking and he used the actual word you find that incredibly hurtful well then you're a cultist you're superstitious I think anybody who would drop that word on a, a person of color is a, is a piece of garbage, and they got what's coming to them. But to discuss it in an academic s- setting is incredibly hurtful and doesn't represent the values of your company. What are you people talking about? So your reading of the
0: contract with Joe Rogan is they're on the hook for the hundred million dollars, even if they fired him.
2: I've just I've made that assumption uh, based on what I'm seeing. Um, they can't, they can't cut them loose because they've invested a tremendous amount of money. And I would guess his contract says, because anybody with any sense in this business has a contract that says essentially, we're being employed to be interesting and we will say things that will offend somebody. And you can't cut us loose for cause because we do our jobs. And I'm sure Joe's contract is pretty ironclad in that regard. Or, you know, this guy, Daniel Lack, he might actually have balls. I don't know.
3: Ooh, there's already an Elvis of throat singing now, presenting Armstrong and Getty. Final
2: Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. I find that so odd and interesting that throat singing. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Our technical director, Michael, will lead us off. Michael. You know, I've been watching the Olympics, and I think if I could be reborn, I'd want to be reborn as a champion snowboarder. I love the snowboarding. You don't have to be reborn, Michael. I, I, Just spend the next fifteen years of your life. I know, but I have a fear—exactly the wrong age. Well, <laughs> fear of heights and your age. You're going to make it difficult. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. It's uh, amazing what those kids can do. Uh, young Alex is our behind the scenes producer. Alex, final thought? Yeah, I tuned out of the
0: Olympics and ended up going to Pebble Beach yesterday instead of my fiance. First time there, loved it, but nothing makes my hate makes me hate my golf game more than watching professionals hit it fifty yards past me while playing fifty yards behind where I tee off. <laughs> they started way behind you and ended up way ahead of you. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, no kidding, humbling I've played with the young, flat-bellied, rubber-spined youth that you're talking about And it is humbling
0: Jack, a final thought for us? Yeah, watching the Olympics with my kids last night It was a good time, really enjoyed it We'll probably tune it in tonight I'm going to try to time it so we can see that quadruple spin that the girl pulls off
2: The first quad ever landed in the Olympics It's hard
0: to watch the Olympics and figure out where and how and everything guys. We got the peacock, we got the NBC, you got the MSNBC And finding it all, I don't find very
2: easy you know, I had a different final thought, but uh, what the heck? I'll do this instead. I can never tell how many times they spun.
0: Oh no, I don't know how you count
2: them. How do these people immediately recognize? Oh, that's a quad! That's a quad! She's landed a quad! No, <laughs> that could have been
0: two or eight. I have no how'd idea how'd you count. I don't get that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a five forty. How do you? How do you know? I don't know. That's
0: mm. a very good question. They're all so emotional. Lots of crying, lots of staring into each other's eyes, and kissing and hugging.
2: Is that part of the? It's like. Uh, I've never achieved anything, so I wouldn't know. I
0: don't. No, the the other athletes oh. don't do it. The ice skaters. There's something about the world of ice skating that's so emotional.
2: I don't know. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. If you missed a chunk of the show, we make it available as the Armstrong and Getty On Demand podcast. Drop us a line, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com.
0: See you tomorrow. God bless America.
2: Armstrong and Getty. Oh, my God. This show has everything. So be careful what you wish for, my friend. He's really vomiting.
0: That's going to take points off.
1: God, this can't be all right. This is all crazy. (laughs) This is a moment when we must look at ourselves in the mirror and we must learn. Just forget
2: it. On the other hand, Jack, because we live in a fatophobic society, being being, being weighed.
3: We don't. We're the opposite.
2: Would you stop interrupting me, please? You're triggering me. (laughs) Thank
3: you all very much.
2: Armstrong and Getty.